Hey everyone, welcome to an all new episode of Thoughtcast. Uh, today we are going to discuss something that that uh, and then we've all been uh, experiencing and we've all been part of, which is education. We've all always focused as you know uh, that education is critical to our uh, life journey, and we've had our stint with different kind of education, different kind of colleges, different kind of environment. But if you see last few years, education in particular has really changed. It has changed from the way uh, I studied, from the way my father studied, to the way it is changing or people are studying now. It is, it is really moving faster than ever. And we thought who, uh, you know, who could help us in understanding this transition and you know, better than somebody who is part of the behind the scenes of an education system whose family has been educators for last, uh, you know, at least two to three decades. So we have Pratham Mittal with us, who uh, is part of the uh, lovely professional university uh, family and also is uh, running an educational brand which is called as Masters Union, which is very different from what LPU does. So welcome Pratham. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Pratham, how did this transition happen from a core you know, conventional education system to something that you're building now. I mean, so you mentioned that the education system has changed quite a bit in the last few years, right? Right. right. I actually fundamentally disagree. Right. I think education has not changed in almost a millennia. Okay. Right. So let's go back to 1100s when right. Oxford was founded. Right. 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 The classroom structure at the time right. was that there is a podium in the front. Right. And there's students who are looking yeah. towards the teacher. Right. Right. That has not changed even till today. Right. Right. Um, that's number one. Number two, you know, when the printing press was invented, people thought that universities would shut down because now the written word is there, people can sort of just study at home, right? But did that happen? No. Universities just flourished further. Mm. Then, you know, Khan Academy came, right? And people said, okay, now the schools and colleges definitely shut because now the students can actually see mm. um, their teachers almost in real time. Uh, did that, you know, shut down the universities? Still not, right? So my point is that while the medium of education might have changed, the education itself has not changed. Now, what needs to shift uh, are a couple other different things. One is how the education is being delivered. Now, um, you know, let's go back 20 years when you were in school, right? More often than not, the teacher would, you know, recite out a lecture. Mm -hmm. You know, we would take notes mm -hmm. and that's how we would learn, right? And then you would go to an exam. Uh, you know, sort of yeah. vomit that yeah. out. Now what we want things to change in a way is people should not just have to consume, they should be able to interact with the education, right? So now that's where projects comes in. That's where, you know, capstones come in. That's where, um, you know, collaboration comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think I would say education has changed or will change in the future once, uh, you know, it's not about me consuming information from a teacher or a book or an online lecture and then spitting it out in an exam. It has to be a little bit more collaborative, it has to be more interactive. So LPU was founded two decades ago as you mentioned, right? And there we are governed by the system and the laws of, of the larger system, right? right? Of which, you know, there are 38 different regulatory bodies right, that right. essentially govern how we teach right. from UGC to AICT and basically they have our hands tied at the back, right? So we decided to, you know, build Masters Union as an alternative where we said, all right, let's just completely forget about, you know, the way education is 
you know, taught not, you know, deli delivered the way it is today. Let's rethink from the ground level up. And so here, what we have are, for example, to teach marketing instead of just a teacher coming and teaching students marketing or you know, introduction to marketing, pricing strategies. We actually tell students, all right, start your business. Would it be right to say that you're changing from the classroom way of teaching to a more experiential way of teaching? Educators now are more practitioners in nature. They're part of not a you know a curriculum, but they're part of an industry, and they're coming forward to you know make students understand the real world scenario. A medical college hmm. is always, without fail, situated right next to a medical hospital. Yes. Right, and the teachers who are teaching in that medical college are actual doctors who are practicing right. their practice in the morning yep. and then teaching in the evening. Hmm. Right. And that is the beauty of the medical education system in India, right? Yeah. If you look at engineering education or if you look at management education, that is not the case, hmm. right? We have engineering schools that are not situated anywhere close to a place where those engineers would eventually be employed. Yeah. And the teachers who are teaching these engineers huh. are people who have never themselves been engineers in the industry. That's number one. Number two, if you look at the way MBBS is taught, yeah. it's 95% hands-on. Right. Totally. There is hardly any work that happens inside of a lecture hall. Yeah. I am happy that it happens this way. <laughs> right. People actually have to sort of, you know, surround the teacher next to a cadaver. Yeah. And the teacher is sort of cutting things open and everyone gets to see and experience, do it themselves yeah. with hand. And that's why our graduates who come out of medical colleges are so highly employable, mm -hmm. while our engineers and MBA graduates are not. Right. So the future is of a very experiential education system, mm -hmm. which already exists in medical education, by the way. We just have to bring it to engineering and to management and to the other law, right. uh, journalism, etc. fields. Um, and bring in practitioners who themselves are from the industry to come and teach. Right. Um, today, that's not possible because, you know, there are so many regulations that require people who are teaching to have PhDs. Right. So right. we believe in a fundamental, uh, you know, phenomenon that, you know. Right, right. What role, uh, you know, or is things moving on to online? Is it is it an accelerator or uh, is it only a way to increase the, you know, student base in form of, uh, you know, spreading out education, spreading out what masters are, you know, sharing your information. I mean, how, how are you, you know, running a hybrid channel and online together and how how reliable online is a channel when it comes to education? I mean, uh, very reliable. I think. I think uh, definitely, if they weren't reliable, they wouldn't have grown so big, right. and so pervasive as they are today. Uh, but here's my opinion, right? And, and a very unpopular one. I don't think online education is as transformational as mm. as we think or as people believe it is, right? Uh, because all that it has done, it has brought the same delivery mechanism online. It's still somebody, you know, you know, telling you something, right? And you're expected to believe it, right? right? Not argue with it, because if it's one way, like in Udemy, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, you have to listen to recorded lectures, right? right. Um, there are some platforms where there is live online teaching, where you can engage with the teacher, uh, but the engagement rates on such platforms, we have sort of found out to be quite low, right? So, you know, I would believe that the education system has transformed once this online education system allows students to be more interactive and not be more passive. Right. Right. All of us have kids at home and we would have seen in the last one year that they have been studying online. Mm -hmm. 
they've actually been more passive. True. Right. So I think online education is almost taking away yeah. from a lot of uh, the serendipity that comes from being in a campus. However, I think if online is used in the correct way, in tandem with a physical infrastructure or a physical campus, I think that's where you get the maximum benefits. Right. right? So for example, let's say there's a class on pricing strategies. Hmm. Right. What we would expect students to do is that they study, you know, uh, the basic literature or the basic uh, theory of pricing strategies before coming to the class. That they can do either through a book or through a YouTube video or through you know an online lecture that our faculty would have up uploaded the night before. And once they come to class, it should be all about actually building a strategy. It should be all about actually working with the teacher and right. with your peers to figure out a strategy for a new product. Right? right. Apply all of those learnings, right? And then test them in the market. Mm -hmm. Right, I think that is true education. Right, and you know, so online without offline to me means nothing. Right, right. And at MU, how are you segregating the both, or is uh, both these channels applicable here, and student can leverage uh, these two channels? So I, I strongly believe in the hybrid format. Right, right. So uh, most of the content hmm. that students have to consume, hmm. they consume that online. Right. When they come to the classroom, they bring such diverse opinions because they have learned about pricing strategies not from this one paper that the teacher prescribed, but a host of different. And what is interesting is because most of our teachers are practitioners themselves, uh, you don't even have to tell them to do this. It right. comes naturally to them because that's how they have learned. Right. Or that's how they are teaching new recruits in their company. Let's talk about practitioners. Where do they come from? What is the criteria for you to have these practitioners on board? I mean, do you have a benchmarking that, you know, and the way you've structured the whole course so that you can even decide or structure who these practitioners yeah. would be? Yeah, so let's talk beyond Master's Union for a second, right? Every time I've met somebody, uh, you know, who's in the later stage of their career, uh, one thing that is common to all of them is that they want to teach. Right. They want to pay back and they right. want to teach. So whenever I've approached any CEO, any MD, any CXO, any senior vice president, any chairman, sir, would you like to teach? Or ma'am, would you like to teach? Never ever have I received a no. That's right. amazing. Right. And so now we are spoiled for choice. <laughs> right. Um, so at Master's Union, what we have done is, you know, we have created our curriculum in tandem with these CXOs. Right. Mm -hmm. We tell them, hey, listen, we'll give you 20 hours. Right. Right. And one of our program managers would actually work with you to craft your curriculum in a way that is digestible to students. Right? You might be a great professional, but you might not be a good teacher. Right? So we'll help you become mm. a good teacher. Right. Right? We'll handhold you. And once you're prepared, then mm. we'll put you in front of the class. Right. Right? Uh, there is no bar there. There is no benchmark there. Right? A lot of our teachers actually, not, not a lot, but a few of our teachers are actually younger than our students. Right. Right? Um, and then, you know, our, our oldest teacher is someone who's, uh, you know, a chairman emeritus of a large uh, consulting firm. And I think he, he must be, he must have crossed 80, right? And the way he's able to engage students is, is, is unmatched. So these people come in individual capacity, as I understand. But the way you're designing the course, yeah. per se, uh, how uh, deeper are you getting into uh, bed with the industry names itself say companies or brands to actually get actually get real life case studies or real world case studies so yeah. that the experiential learning that you're talking about can actually leverage from yeah. those case studies 
again, we don't have to do the work. The right. masters do it themselves. Right? Okay. So just let's let's take an example. We had uh, the uh, chief uh, marketing officer of Samsung right. come and teach. Right. right. So we don't have to ask him to bring in case studies. God. He is a case study. Right. 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 So the twenty hours that he's going to be with the students, mm. he's going to teach his experience. Mm. Right. So that settles it right there. Right. Right. Uh, we just bring structure to it a little bit. Right. We bring assignments to it. We bring readings <coughs> to it. Mm. But and lastly, I think learning is more about um, generating curiosity in students, mm -hmm. or teaching is more about generating curiosity yes. in students. Right. right. So when you have someone of that stature in the classroom, mm. students are inspired, mm. right? And that sort of takes them the next step where they want to learn themselves. You don't have right. to teach, yeah. right? Yeah. So you actually started during the pandemic, right? I mean, okay. last year is when uh, Masters Union uh, came in picture and all. Tell, tell us, you know, your struggle to kind of sell or take the story out, uh, especially during the pandemic because it was a, when people were running away from institutes, you actually started in institute, yeah. right? And what is the composition of kind of people you have as students yeah. uh, who enrolled in the first batch? Because I think first two, three batches is the most difficult thing to actually Correct. kick off. Yeah, so I mean, we, we're building a new institution right. uh, and nobody believes in an institution in its very first year, totally. right? And it becomes yeah. very difficult for us to compete with the established IAMs and yeah. ISP, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are a few things that we did to, to make sure that our brand name was known. I think the proposition that we had was so simple yet so different mm. that it just traversed through the MBA aspirant crowd. Right. Right. So with zero dollars essentially spent on marketing, um, you know, we had more than 1200 people apply for 60 spots that we had for wow. the first year. That's amazing. Right. And I think uh, that's because the bar for education quality is so low in India. Totally. Right. That if you offer something of value. Yeah. You know, people will latch on to it, yeah. right? So, so these students, you know, where, where do they come from? Correct. Are they working somewhere or they already have professional experience or they stayed out of their colleges? Yeah. What is the composition like? So they come with some, uh, you know, work experience. They come from pedigree backgrounds, um, you know, and here they studied highly skill-focused education. As I told you, they all ran their own dropshipping business. They ran their own apps. Right. A lot of them have actually gone on to fundraise for, for their projects. And now that they're graduating, we're graduating our first class. Uh, most of them are headed into, you know, product management roles at you know top startups mm. or consulting roles at you know Bain, BCG, McKinsey, these kind of right. companies. Right. Um, but the larger goal of Masters Union is is, is to really uh, transform the way people consume education. Right. Right. Uh, it's to make experiential education uh, not just a reality but a norm. Right? right. If we do well, others will copy us. Right. And only then education will change. Right. right. Amazing, amazing. So, you know, in a classroom, I mean, probably uh, that's what happened in my classroom. It would have been a case when you were also starting. There's a there's an air that, you know, a lecturer, a professor that we, I mean, we use practitioner now, but we use lecturer hmm. and a professor then. And there's a certain level of uh, discipline that, get cre that gets created because of that air. Now, in an environment like this, where, which is completely led by practitioners and they're visiting faculty and all that, how, uh, you know, easy or difficult was it for, for that uh, seriousness to kind of, uh, you know, trickle in among the students and especially with the age that we are in, the students have the 
least amount of focus right now. I mean, because Correct. of Instagram and all that, and so many, so much content available. I mean, how easy or difficult was it to kind of create that yeah. focus for you guys? It's actually an interesting question. I've never thought of it because actually I've never faced this problem. Okay. Uh, what happens is that in a classroom, students will be disciplined if they respect the teacher. So in our case, because we have practitioners teaching, you know, students come prepared for the class. They mm. groom themselves for the yeah, class, right? Right, right? They are like sort of straight back in yeah, the class. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's because of the aura of the, of right. the practitioner, right? right? So you are actually in a classroom with somebody who your boss's boss's boss would be reporting to. Right. Right. right, and so you just want to soak in as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. So you actually, never had the this you know indiscipline problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or for example, I don't have to maintain attendance. Yeah, there is no attendance system here. That's amazing, right? Because I mean, if you don't come, it's your loss, yeah, right? Yeah. So they crave for that twenty hours attention that they have to get from that master. They have, they have to be present there. Okay, that solves that problem. Correct. I mean, yeah. think about it, right? We are a first year institution with mm. absolutely no history. Right, right. Yet. All these top consulting firms that otherwise only go to an IIM Ahmedabad, Bangalore, or Calcutta mm. actually came to Masters Union, Amazing. and they came because those are the people who are teaching. Yeah, it's the, yeah. It's the masters from these you know firms who are teaching. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, how can they teach and then not take the students, right? Mm. Like if you look at these top consulting firms, the yeah. first, I mean, this Infosys and TCS, and we all know they have entire universities inside, inside the, yeah, the companies, totally, yeah. and then they create such huge bench strengths, Correct. which is hitting the bottom line. Let's talk a bit of, on numbers, you know, Correct. where are you headed? So, where you know, are headed? Like, like any business, you start with a pilot yeah. and this is our pilot, yeah. right? Uh, we wanted to make sure that all the thesis or the assumptions hmm. that we had made right. were actually true, right. that the way we are teaching actually works, right. right? The way we are, you know, uh, getting the word out actually, uh, you know, does what it intends to do. Hmm. So now that this has happened, right, our idea is very simple. Number one, we want to consolidate this. You know, brands take time to build, hmm. right? And we want to make sure this brand gets built and rivals and surpasses that of ISB, IAM, hmm. Wharton, Harvard, right. right? So, you know, instead of numbers, I would say, you know, we want to sort of uh, chase prestige. Amazing. Right? Yeah. And if prestige had a number, right? And if you could... Unfortunately, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could rate prestige on a 0 to 100, yeah. You know, to answer your question, I would want to sort of strive for that hundred, right? Right. right. And we don't intend to increase our student strength here. Maybe yeah, sixty, yeah. maybe maybe you know, if, 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 hmm. if uh, next year COVID sort of uh, you know takes a back seat and you know uh, maybe we take it to one twenty, but that's about it, right? Um, but the idea really is to build a model that others can follow. Right. It, it's great. I mean, especially breaking away from uh, the way things were done. It's not easy, right? I mean, the pilot seems to be working. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the students are currently undergoing placements. Yeah. yeah so, so, if they do well, then yeah. uh, I think you want, you want to throw some light on that? You know, the placements have been very interesting. As I said, we only had 60 students and yeah. no placement cell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We have no uh, uh, recruitment week. Right. 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 So, the kids just sort of, you know, worked with the masters. Right. And more often than not, the masters just sort of hired them. Right. Um, there is, uh, you know, a, a, a weird statistic that that institutes sort of use to compare right. each other, right. and, you know, and set benchmarks. And uh, you know, I'm Ahmedabad is at like the top right now, which is at like some 20 or 29 lakhs. Yeah. And currently, we are very very close to beating that. Nice. And we still have 
part of our batch left right. to be placed. So if we can right. do that, I think that would be a huge. That's amazing. If you're already chasing that benchmark as a number, I mean, it's these are bold ambitions, and you're there. Let's yeah, yeah, let's yeah. hope so. Yes, it's still a while. So before we wrap up this, uh, you know, whole conversation, few things that you would want to highlight that one that institutions or uh, education should bring in to, you know, bring in a new era of uh, this digital education or new age education, as we yeah. as we say, or experiential education, yeah. as we must say. You know, um, there's this app that some of the students are building here, right? Right, which um, is essentially a game, right? Right. You download it, and as students or as kids, you get fake money, hmm. right? And you can use that fake money to buy fake stocks, right? Like right? right. Apple, Google, Microsoft, right. Reliance, whatever. And you build your portfolio, hmm. right? You know, when the students launched this app, you know, they were just sort of, uh, you know, they launched it within a few local private schools. And what we realized is that those students had such amazing engagement with that app because it was a game, right. not an educational intervention. Right. Right. And that was one good chat with Pratham Mittal. I think now we have a lot of uh, insights into how new age education is being built, uh, how different uh, a way, you know, Masters Union or Pratham and education educationists like him are actually taking uh, this way of experiential learning forward. And, uh, you know, keep watching, keep uh, listening to our podcast. And I think uh, we'll keep bringing such, uh, you know, uh, good conversations uh, for you guys. Please leave your feedback and subscribe to podcast. Thank you.